0: So I was going to uh, – I left my house around, like, uh, I want to say, like, 9 o'clock. Yeah, it was pretty late, 9 o'clock <laughs> last night, to go to the bar because it's Cinco de Mayo, right, Julio, and we're Mexicans. So we – Mexicans drink on Cinco de Mayo. Yeah. Um, you know, drink some tequila, whatnot. And when I left, we were up by one. It was looking very promising. I think it was, like, the eighth inning. Um, and then I, I get to – to the bar and like I'm like half through my beer in and I get a notification that we lost by like 9 to 6 and I am just like what the fuck happened like Chris Bassett was pitching so well like what and then I saw and Lou Trevino gives up five runs I'm just like oh my god dude I was just like I was just praising you on last week's episode and you dog me like this this is like a regular occurrence with his career and
1: he fucked over your fantasy team
0: no I dropped him
1: Oh, you did. Oh, so you're just gave up on the ace closers in general because that's why yeah, like you don't have Deacon I, anymore either. I was
0: just tired of like every other day um, dropping one and picking up the other. So I dropped him last Thursday. So I haven't had to deal with any of this bullshit. Because um, I told you I have Ian Kennedy, who's been playing, who's been playing really well um, for uh, for Texas. So I'm actually pretty good at that spot. You know, Hendricks is like having some issues. He have, Yeah, he's having a lot see, of issues. Like, apparently, he's having a base run now. Yeah,
1: we're going to talk about that in a minute. But uh, I don't know if you see my team dilemma. I've got six guys. You
0: have so many guys who are hurt.
1: Okay, so for the listeners also, welcome to the fantasy baseball tailgate. No, town tailgate, What's type everybody. But um, more formal intro in a minute. I've got Jazz Chisholm, Anthony Rendon, uh, Steven Strasberg, Corbin Burns, it's Luce Cesardo and potentially byron Buxton. we'll see what happens
0: there was but someone, like was and my someone, team's hella good just everybody's fucking hurt so george springer got hurt yesterday and i was about to text you i was like please don't tell me of george springer too no <laughs> i would oh, god that would be so funny uh right. welcome to the town tailgate everybody um we thought it'd be funny to open up the show with my uh, de- depressing cinco de mayo story um today's episode we are going to talk about um some big news of a future hall of famer retiring uh tony la Russa doesn't remember what the rules of baseball are <laughs> some more a big name lands to the, to the injured list for the a's um after playing video games we'll get into that sounds weird but it's a thing um the minor league started up this week and uh we will talk second half of the of the uh, podcast about um, kind of do a, a review of the first month of the league, specifically the A's um, and how it's all working. And ahead, t- are you going yeah. p- to, uh, are you about to plug our, our Twitter page and everything and, and tell everybody to follow us? Yeah, that's
1: right. You already knew.
0: Yeah. I got, I got this down now. See, now we know what the, what the order right. of the opening of the show is. And now I remember, but I just thought it'd be funny to call it out before you did. So go ahead.
1: Yeah. So make sure if you haven't already to please follow us on Twitter at the town um, a lot of fun times going on on there. Always talking about the, the games and random stuffs happening around baseball. Also, if you're not following us on any of our podcast networks, which include Apple, Spotify, Google, YouTube, make sure to give us a follow and like and rate us because, like Chris has said multiple times, we want to get paid to do this.
0: And if you, if this is Blue Wire or SB Nation, listening to our podcast for the first time ever, and and cause you're considering picking us up. Normally we have a lot better. We're more professional, have a better opening and cadence, but this week I, we decided to fuck around. <laughs> Please
1: uh, SB nation. I love your YouTube channel. This is my, my, my plea. Uh, love watching rewind and beef history. Beef history is a classic. Do you watch beef history? No. So do you know what the premise of beef history? Well, we'll get into the shit in a second, but do you know the premise? It of It sounds familiar. So pretty much it's just, it's, the history of beef between two people in sports that so is a
0: fantastic idea for a website it's awesome
1: it is so fun i'm the one they're doing this sunday i'm i'm so stoked and i'm going to send it to all in, the, in our baseball chat once it comes mm-hmm. out uh, uh barry bond's jeff kent i know
0: that a lot of people didn't like jeff kent in the clubhouse but i didn't know that those two specifically had a beef
1: yeah, they tweeted out the the preview of it. And they're like, they literally gone to fight in the dugout. <laughs>
0: like, you, that was a. Do you think that there, there will be one on uh, on Josh Donaldson and Manny Machado one day?
1: Ooh, maybe they get yeah. dude. There's some pretty crazy ass ones. I mean, you about like there's some pretty intense. Like they just did one with like two hockey teams in general things, like the Bruins and somebody else. Um, but yeah, like if you just or if you're just chilling on a Saturday morning, you're not. You're just kind of lounging around. I recommend just like start going through them. And the one I learned about recently, too. Sorry, tangent, Uh Joel Embiid and Marcus Smart. I didn't realize how hard they've beefed over the years.
0: Hmm. Because of like when either.
1: Joel Embiid was at Kansas and then Marcus Smart was at, um... oh shit, I can't remember what school he went to. But was I guess. Was he at
0: Louisville? Was he at Louisville? I... It, does, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Anyway. Yeah. To and I'll look this um, up. Oh, oh! Oklahoma State University is where Marcus Smart went to college. Yes. Um, also,
1: I didn't realize he was 27. I thought he was like in his early 30s.
0: But Let's, let's get the show for started. For the listeners, I'm a big college basketball fan. That's why I know random shit like that. Anyway, yeah, let's get to the show. Oh, and yeah, just a little note on YouTube. Yeah, if you want to see our faces, you can watch our episodes on YouTube. So go go do that. If you don't want to see our faces, you just want to hear us, then all the other platforms that he stated are good. All right biggest news out of baseball probably biggest news of this entire episode our pool was released by the angels the angels are paying that guy 230 million dollars he signed a 10-year contract i want to say 10-year contract which feels like it was like 10 years ago but it wasn't it was back in 2012
1: 2000 uh it was winter of 2011
0: yeah yeah um so he only has like one more year on his deal. I mean, he's been look, the guy's a future Hall of Famer, but he's been a huge disappointment um since he came there. I mean, he's he hit a lot of home runs the first like I don't know, 3 4 seasons that he was there, but after that, I mean, it's just it's just dancing around mediocrity and it's just it's it's pretty wild the insane drop off. I don't I don't I can't wrap my head around why. Um, because his last season in St. Louis, he was a stud. If you look up his numbers, like hitting like three fifteen, like forty five home runs and like one hundred twenty RBIs, something around that. Um, but yeah, so on top of that, there's a lot of rumors about where he could sign soon. Uh, Julio's gonna get deeper into that, but this is just this is a pretty interesting story. I, I don't know how effective he'll be the next place he goes, but people are gonna be following where he ends up.
1: It's, um, yeah, I'll kind of be push against what your argument was as a complete waste of time. He did only make one All-Star game in those 10 years with the Angels, which is, you know, for somebody signing this contract, that isn't good. And they only made one pay- playoff appearance throughout that whole time. And that is not good either. But you can also say, you know, the milestones he did pull off, he's going to be... He had 600 home runs. Hopefully, he could still play a little bit longer and could get to 700. He's got 2,000 hits. He's got 2,000 RBI. So, like, statistically, he did everything as a – the big stuff as an angel, which is pretty dope. And plus, like, um, he he's one of the guys that's like, oh, yeah, he does stuff for the community. He's, like, legitimately one of the guys who does, like, a ton of stuff for the community. He does a yeah. lot for, you know, underrepresented communities. He does a lot for the disabled community as well. So, like um, – And I think the biggest thing, too, is he's probably done a lot of mentorship for that clubhouse, especially, you know, freaking Mike Trout probably learned a little bit of everything that he's learned. He probably learned a little bit from having Albert with him. Yeah, that being said, he made one playoff appearance in 10 years in one All-Star game, and you had this fat deal. So, uh,
0: yeah, man. He also probably benefited... Mike Trout probably benefited from having Albert Pujols at the beginning of his career at the four-hole. So, like, you're pitching pitching at um, Trout. And then you're pitching around him. You know what I mean? Just like a yeah. weird, anyway. and it
1: just it's just sad. Like his body started falling apart on him, man. Yeah. And now, and um, John, they are going to give a quick shout out to our boys, the Super Halo Bros. Um, John Fierish. He kind of was. He put, you know, lifelong Angels fan, and I can only imagine how they reacted. I remember actually when they signed pool holes and I think like that it was like in you no know, December or something. And I remember the beginning of January, I was was living in San Francisco, driving down to Disneyland, and along the freeway, I saw the big Angels billboard with pools. And it says, like, the the machine, like, welcome home, the machine. And I remember just being like, fuck, we got to face this guy for the next 10 years. The Rangers, then, like, the Rangers just went to -to back-to-back World Series. I'm like, God damn! And the A's just traded away Geo. They traded uh uh, like Dallas Braden had to retire or was like close to retirement at that point. I'm like, man, what are they going to do? And then they won back to back divisions, went to the playoffs three years in a row and they went to another three years in a row. So I guess we won between I, those three teams.
0: The So I forgot who it was. I'm trying to look it up right now, but you know, we, you posted on our Twitter account, something about it. And I think it, it was like something like, it, like, angry Raider fan was a Twitter account or something like that. And he posted about, they made one playoff appearance, which was in 2014, which you could make a lot of arguments, especially as an ace fan that they definitely didn't deserve to even be in that playoffs. The only reason why they benefited and made it in one division and made it to the playoffs that year was because the ace traded Yohannes Cespedes at the deadline and the offense just completely went to shit because the cleanup hitter was gone. So had they not make that trade, the ace probably win a hundred plus games that season and dominate the american league and the angels who knows who knows if they make the wild card or not you know so like that's not they got and then they got
1: swept they got swept in the division series against the
0: royals so like yeah so i you know it 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 is what it is i mean he batted around i mean he kind of danced around he averaged probably around like 240 with with the Angels. His first season he hit 285, his third season he hit 271, but after that it's like 240, 241, 245, 244, 224 like yeah, and he only hit 40 home runs once, 2015, which was his All-Star season like you said um i don't know i mean let's i mean we should probably move on and talk about where he potentially he could go so
1: there was a pretty funny video real quick If there was just a montage because i did not feel this there's like statistically he's actually like the slowest person in baseball oh, so right. i saw like a two minute uh montage of just all the double plays like a bunch of double plays I didn't do. it's pretty funny yeah. um but yeah i'll go ahead and pick up where you're gonna say it sounds like this is a peter mutual thing um Which I think one I think this even though this was mutual I think this is hella dirty that they at least didn't give Angel fans that it's we're recording on Thursday night on the sixth and the the Angels had a game tonight Mm -hmm. and the news came out in early afternoon it's really dirty they at least didn't
0: give the fans one more chance to appreciate him that's fucked up how do Angels fans feel about that did you ask John about that like does he care Um,
1: so yeah so the biggest thing it. I think everybody is like, as a fan perspective, you know, as of him, you know, they, they hate to see it happen. Obviously, the guy has been an anchor more or less for this team over the last 10 years, even though they weren't that successful. And uh, all the things already said, they really love him. But at the same time, um, Jared Walsh looks legit. Jared Walsh looks like he's going to be the first baseman of the future for the Angels. Um, and then Otani is going to be the full-time DH when he's not pitching. He's going to be the DH and we've seen how electric he's been this season. So at this point, there's talk. Um, Joe
0: Madden's talking about even letting him hit when he pitches.
1: Yeah. And they've I think they, they've done it uh, a few times this series, this season where they forfeited the DH and they just yeah. have him hit in the two hole. Um, so yeah, they, it, it's at this point, the f- system is finally coming along and there was nowhere else on the roster for him. And, and uh, I think the big the big breaking point was during Wednesday Night's game, they were playing the Rays, and Ryan Yarborough was pitching. And historically, Pujols has like dominated Yarborough, I guess, and they didn't and they didn't play him against Yarborough. And he took he was got offensive, really offended by that, hit a breaking point, and that's when this all went down. So this sounds like it's something that's been pretty, pretty mutual um from what it sounds like too he still wants to play. So, Chris, let's get spicy. Where do you think he's going to go? Give me your give me three options off the top of your head. If that makes sense.
0: You know, without the with the National League not taking in the um the uh fucking DH this year, it kind of like slims it down a little bit to be honest with you. Um I don't know man so I was thinking about this earlier today. I don't I, I off the top of my head I can't think of any contenders that really need a DH right now. Um I like maybe the Royals but the Royals have Jorge, Jorge Soler. I don't yeah, I don't know, dude. I don't I don't know if there's room for him on any of these like contending rosters like there's just better options all around. Maybe the Astros. No, no probably not the Astros cuz what's his face? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, they got Alvarez. Yeah. I don't and know then Gurriel
1: plays first. All I don't right. know. Well, you've ruined this segment. Let's go ahead and move on. Thanks a lot, Chris. Really appreciate it.
0: Well, I I can't I'm sorry. Like I can't think of I th- I I can think of who the each team who could each contending team's DH, and that person is better than pool horse. The pools. Like, you know, like I maybe us, but I, Mitch Moreland's been turning no. it around lately.
1: Okay, let's let's lead off with this. Um uh, Jim Bowden, who uh he's a I, I didn't see where he, was, where he is a rider for, but he tweeted he's out... He's
0: got a some Yeah, right he's now.
1: verified. He says he was legit uh, because you know, that's all it takes now. No, it, no, I wasn't fucking this guy. I'm sure he's great. But um, he said uh, one destination. He's like, here's four potential spots I think he can land. In. Number one is Oakland. That would be really cool for the sake of we've brought in Frank Thomas. We've brought in Mike Piazza. We've brought in Nomar. You know, Jason Giambi did his farewell tour here. Pretty much like screw it, why not? David Justice, that's it's a part of our mo, but it doesn't make sense right now. There's no Ollies at first. When he's not, when it's not Ollie, it's Mitch Moreland. Mitch Moreland's DH when it's not when Tim not DHing, it's Jed or it's anybody else. There's just uh, there's no room right now.
0: Yeah, or it's Piscotti. You know, we'll give yeah. him the outfielders. A, yeah, I, I would rather have any of those options than pool pools.
1: Yeah, but so where I think he's gonna go, um, I think Chicago's a legit option. I think reuniting with Tony Larusa for his last season or last couple years. I know Yermin Mercedes is the full-time DH, but um as somebody who owns the Yerminator for fantasy, uh Larusa doesn't even play him when they're in the National playing against National League teams because yeah, but La he La doesn't trust doesn't, his defense.
0: But La Russa doesn't even know what the rules of baseball are, so we can't say that that's necessarily a You're not educated wrong. move, you know. No, I hear. Yeah, it, you. I hear you. I just yeah. I had to throw that joke in there. Mercedes <laughs> is hitting 386. Yeah, but look how many at bats he's had. He's I losing at bats.
1: It's yeah, it's yeah. ridiculous. But um, I think the Dodgers could be a viable option. They've been floundering hard, and a big part of the reason they're floundering is the depth. Dude, look how bad they've been since they started off 12 and four or 12 and
0: two. But not at running. first base though. But not at first base. No, but that here's the the problem is with them. I guess them. you can move Muncie to second. Move, yeah, the same. thing about
1: one Muncie can kind of play a little bit all over the infield, yeah. or at least to the right side of the infield for sure. But the problem is the guys who were their consistent bench dudes like Kike and Jock aren't there anymore. McKinstry's hurt. Um, Edwin Rios is not good right now. Um, but then the, my other option, which it probably wouldn't happen either, but we all are rooting for it, is he goes back to St. Louis. Um, He'll be a part-time player whenever Goldie needs a day off. And Goldie's a lock at first. He can't really play anywhere else. Um, Those are the ones that would make the most sense. I hope he doesn't retire, though. I really hope this isn't how he goes out because he deserves way better than this.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think the Dodgers, actually, now that you you talk about it, it actually does make a lot of sense. I mean, at least just, like, he could give he could give guys a day off every once in a while give Muncy a day off who does a, they ask a lot from him um and you can play and Muncie can play second base he did for a good portion of his first couple years um at the Dodgers um yeah I mean you can make it work I mean Gavin Lux is not playing very well um yeah I mean, and you're right. Their infield depth is not good, which is why they went out and, like, even Sheldon Noisy's not playing that, that well either. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, t- sitting 240, that's not very good. Um, yeah. That's actually a good idea. He's probably going to go to the Dodgers. And also, it's the same city. It's just an easier transition for him. He doesn't have to move or anything like that. Just go.
1: He could probably, com- well, he could commute, but
0: Michael that's Thompson, not fun. the, the, The commentator for the Lakers lives out in Orange County. He commutes every single day to Clay's dad. Not that people don't know. Yeah, I mean people do it. It's a thing. I mean Kobe. Yeah, Kobe used to take a
1: helicopter uh, to the games and all that.
0: All right. Um, Yeah, we should move on. There's not really much more to do there.
1: (laughs) We knew this was gonna take a long. And honestly, this thing I was talking forward, looking forward to talking about the most was Pujol. because, like, yeah, come on, man, MVP baseball 2004, dude, cover star,
0: but. Here's the thing, especially if you were like money conscious when you played MVP Baseball 2004, you could get Derek Lee for like a third of the price as our Derek Bulls. Lee was
1: so bomb. Yeah,
0: so he and he had the same stats and was just as good and like the same um, like ranking. He was like a 95 or something like that at first base. Like anyway, nostalgia. Let's move on. Yeah. Um. Another no hitter. Um. Uh. John why not? You go ahead. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, John Means threw a complete game no-hitter against mm-hmm. the Seattle Mariners. A real this no-hitter. Is, a real no-hitter. Um, and the reason he lost the no-hitter, or the perfect game, was uh, it was the catcher dropped, or I think it was a pass ball strike three, the catcher dropped the ball, and the runner reached first, and that's how he lost the perfect game, which is really stupid. This is now the third, we're in... Beginning of May, we're only a month into the season, this is already the third no-hitter we've seen. And I told
0: you this was going to be like 2018, where we have like a shit ton of no-hitters in the first couple months.
1: Yep. And then, you know, technically, you can say what you want about the Mad Bum seven-inning no-hitter. I know Chris is anti-no-hitter, but if for the people who are counting it, then technically we can count four as well, whatever you want to do. But what the what the hell's going on? What's going so- on, man?
0: I just want to say, first off, this is the first no-hitter in, uh, for the Orioles since 1967, I think it was. Complete Um, game no-hitter, yeah. Yeah, um, that's, Earl Weaver was the manager, that's how old that was, um, so that's pretty cool. Two, this explains why he whooped our ass the two times he played against us this past month. Um, this guy's a real pitcher, and he proved it, three tremendous, tremendous starts in a row. Um four or three um yeah I it's it it's I I don't know because like you can't argue that this is juice taken out of the balls because this is pitching it's not like I I, I it's not like how do I explain this it's not like like I mean, maybe it is a little bit. Maybe fly balls just aren't flying as far as they're becoming outs in the outfield. But, like, I, I, I don't I don't know if I won't necessarily am, am ready to associate this with, with taking juice out of the balls. Is that kind of something that you're thinking about? Because, yeah. Yeah,
1: that's a big conversation. Like, starting point is because the change of the balls and how it's benefiting pitchers. But at the same time, you know, we're still seeing balls hit as hard as they have been in the last few years when the balls were a little more juiced. Um but one, I think we do have to give credit where credit due. He really destroyed the A's. His mm-hmm. two starts he had against them. Uh, he and this guy, he—it's not like he came out of nowhere. He was an All Star in 2019 as a rookie, yeah. second end, end rookie of the year voting. I believe who's 2019 rookie of the year. I'm gonna look that was. Um, Baltimore actually is not a. Oh, you're on to hitters park. Yeah, and he's doing this in hitters park. He has a, a 1.37 ERA on the season. I don't know what the hell's going on. I think I want, I, I'm kind of interested. I don't know if we talked about this or this was going to be a talking point um, on last week or uh, Potter one a couple weeks ago, which was uh, there was a minor league or an independent league somewhere that they were actually moving the mound back
0: like a foot. It was half, it was half, wasn't it six inches or something like that? Yeah, because. Yeah, some or half. Yeah, yeah. And so that that's what I was gonna say. Or sorry, keep going. Yeah, but like think about it. Uh,
1: I don't think we've ever seen people throw this consistently hard. Like ever. Mm-hmm. Every team probably has somebody who's gonna go out there throwing a hundred. And think about baseball when we were growing up in you know, when we were growing up during the steroid area and all that, people are throwing harder than ever. And it's starting to show strikeout rates are still climbing. Um, and you see, even somebody, I think of like Bruce Dark Gatterall, the Dodgers reliever, his delivery is so nonchalant. He looks like he's just, he, he reminds me of like the old school, like Walter Johnson windup things, you know, mm-hmm. they used to do that in the early 1900s. And he's throwing a hundred, like nothing. Mm-hmm. And it, like, it, I don't think it really affects the competitiveness of the game, but there's going to be a point where it's like, What's gonna happen when you go against a rotation where two, three guys are throwing a hundred, and then they got three guys in their bullpen who's throwing a hundred? Mm.
0: So that that's that's where I was gonna go. Um, it's just the the pitchers are better. Everybody is throwing gas. Um, the increase in velocity around the league is is insane. It's up like so. The average um, uh, fastball velocity for pitchers in the league is ninety five miles per hour it was was 95 94 which like three years ago it was around 90 to 91 like it's it's just like dramatically improved and the mechanics have improved with with you know modern day pitching style and 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 stuff like that and actually um Pablo Torre and Jeff Passon did a really good ESPN daily two weeks ago about this and he was talking about it um and just hitters are just gonna have to be more crafty it's really simple as that they're just gonna have to and a lot with a lot of these pitchers especially like um these bullpen guys they pretty much only throw fastballs that's the thing so it's going to be figured out eventually and you know hitters are going to be a lot more prepared with it it's the same thing as like the launch angle like the launch angle was a big thing people were just hitting home runs like crazy and and people were saying like oh how are pit- it's, like the league is always it's going to be a hitters league now how are pitchers are ever going to uh match up like we're never going to see like like guys like Verlander or or uh, or Scherzer who have these long like successful careers because hitters are just better and then pitchers adjusted to it and like they I think this is probably the adjustment to the launch angle it's just throwing more gas um and forcing hitters to be quicker on their swings uh, that's that's the only thing i can think of that's literally the only thing it's just kind of
1: that like it's just sports evolution it happens in every sport think about what um you know we've had running quarterbacks for ever
0: I was just, just about think to say about, that. The, the, the RPO? Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, and now just... And then look at, you know, Lamar Jackson two years ago wins MVP and he completely lights it up. And now, you know, his, his sophomore season, say what you want about it, or his sophomore post-MVP season. But it's like people... And what did... But what did teams start doing? They started adjusting. They started mm-hmm. learning on defense because that's how things go. Like, you have to adapt the following year or you're going to be screwed. Especially, you know, the NFC AFC North where it's just a...
0: Jagger up there i think about i, I remember michael goes. smith doing a piece on sports center about the um about the uh option read and how unstoppable it is like and how colin kaepernick is so successful doing it and how he said it was going to be here to stay how there's like mathematically and there's no like way to defend it really well and then two years later, like Colin Kaepernick, I mean, he's out of the league for other reasons, but you know, he, it wasn't as successful in the league after that. And, and, you know, just basically defenses just started blitzing from the outside more. That's kind of a big way they defended it. And it's just like, it just, you know, we, we always see this, we always see this thing that, that this new strategy that pops up and it's really cool for two years and everybody thinks it's going to like change the league. And then, you know, people just adjust.
1: I think the only sport that, has still allowed those players to benefit. is probably the NBA with when you think about. Yeah, with the three point shooting, you think yeah. about how uh, you think about how like <laughs> they've had to implement the role in the last five six years where you can't put your foot in mm. when the shooter's landing spot because how many times we've seen Steph almost break his ankle or you know someone like Trey Young almost bust his ankle or something like that. Yeah, that's the only sport where I can be like, you know, that's a dirty way to do it.
0: My boy's Fine. eyes out right here is the reason why that's the thing. <laughs> I'm, 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 my I'm boy's eyes right there. <laughs> um, Love that guy. But, but yeah, yeah, I mean, I three-point shooting is a little bit different. I, I don't really know how you stop that. Oh, way. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, it doesn't, yeah, that's it doesn't matter. But yeah, uh, yeah over, they'll, they'll adjust.
1: You're my gambling friend. Over, under.
0: Uh,
1: four no-hitters. Rest of the season. Over, under.
0: Oh, over. I would take the over on that. Okay. Yeah, I would probably take the over. Uh, right. We're only a, a month a, into the season. We have five more months left.
1: Yeah, but something tells something tells me just like football is you're going to make more adjustments.
0: Yeah, but not you're during gonna... the season. You don't have the time during the season. Front offices have all the time in the world in the offseason. That's usually where they, they do that. They look tape, and they look at analytics and shit like that. Um, uh, Julio's writing down that I took the over in our notes right now so he can uh, hold it against me if – there's Just like curious, I like to
1: I like to write down some Merv predictions. Um,
0: but let's keep going. Yeah,
1: Any, or unless we got anything else, I'm done with this. No, Congrats, John let, Means.
0: Yeah, that that it was awesome. It didn't surprise me. I was like, that's the dude that fucking killed us the past week. Okay, got it. Um, anyway, we I keep hinting at hinting at it. This um so far this episode, um last big piece of uh, national news, Tony LaRusso. Oh, my God. He keeps appearing on this podcast um, as just... Um, uh, what's the theme of this podcast, Julio? Uh, fuck boomers, basically. Um, you said it about me. He's just old, and he just doesn't know what's going on. So, for those of you who are new to the game of baseball this season, there is a new rule for extra innings where basically to try and speed up the game to get runs scored a little bit easier so that we're not going into, A's fans know, many classic 18-inning games. Uh, Literally, Bart (laughs) has to announce that this is the last train of the night um, on those classic 18-inning games. Um, uh, Sorry, blanked out there um in uh starting in the in the 10th inning um every inning there is going to be there will be a runner on second base again to like try and like speed up the game get some runs scored on the board um that person that runner who's on second base is the last batter right the last batter um of the previous inning before that so let's say chapman olsen and canna hit um in the top of the ninth um and it's a one, two, three. Cannon was the last out. He grounds out. He would be the runner on second base. In the National League, if that batting, if that um, batting spot is a pitcher, let's say you pinch it um, and then you sub in a pitcher. And it, so, for this example, that spot was a pitcher. It was the five-hole hitter, um, and it was Liam Hendricks. Um, in the National League, you are allowed to um, put the uh, batter who was above that hitter if it's a pitcher um, on second base instead of the pitcher on second base because pitchers don't really you know they don't know base running very well so there's like a loophole so Liam Hendricks was at that spot but the spot before it was Jose Abreu so so uh, Tony Larusa could have put Jose Abreu on second base but he did not know the rule so he put Liam Hendricks on second base and Liam Hendricks actually did a fine job there were moments where he did kind of look like a chicken with his head cut off, but it—it's it, just—I don't know. It was—it was just funny to see, and and the announce—I saw a clip of it. The announcers are even talking about it. I was like, does Larusa not know that this is the rule? Like, it just—it was. No one in the clubhouse told him. His bench coach didn't tell him. Like, I'm so confused by this.
1: Base running isn't that hard. Tell him, Wash. It
0: oh, did you want it's me to a, finish up? Yeah. Oh, it's incredibly hard. Thank you.
1: I right, felt the audition. Anyways, yeah. Holy crap, man. It, the, it's weird.
0: <laughs> Look, man. I, it, I, I don't. We, I knew, don't, that, I we knew this was
1: inevitable with him. Unfortunately, yes,
0: I didn't know that rule. So, so I'm not judging it in that way. But I'm no, also well, not a major league manager. So, and yeah. my job is to know the rules and to take advantage of them and base the strategy of my baseball team. Around the rules of the game. So, if I if this were my job, one would assume that I would know the rules.
1: I think this, okay, and that too, I
0: think that this is a bigger issue, which was,
1: we've already talked a lot about this will produce a thing in the past. We've, we've known, like, dude, this guy's one of the best managers ever, the best manager in Oakland A's history. We love everything he's done for this team. We love everything he's done with ARF and the East Bay when it comes to, um, Uh, animal like animal sheltering amazing stuff that he's done this says something about his leadership to me Mm -hmm. in any workplace where your leadership either if you've been in a leadership position I've been in leadership positions in in multiple places I've worked in the past Um, I'm sure you've probably have in one in some places as well a very first great thing about a good leader is like you're open to feedback you're open to listen to any opinion Whatever it was to for better or for worse. Hey, you know, throw it against the wall, see if it's sticks, kind of thing. What was going on in that dugout where none of his bench coaches told him, none, or none of the coaches in general, none of the players in general said anything. What was going on that it could have been something of a timing, whether it was too late, but what was going on where nobody spoke up and said something? That's the thing that's more concerning to me. Mm-hmm. And what's weird is the White Sox are still like pretty good. I think they're in first. I have to check real quick. Um I know they do have like they they were in first. They think they're like 15 and 13 or something yeah, like that. Yeah, so they're still Six,
0: 16 and 13.
1: Yeah. But the thing is like that was expected. This team's hella good. Uh, oh, wow. Gosh. Cleveland's ahead of them by half a game. I did not expect that. But uh yeah, the team's hell look good. Of course they were gonna be good. They don't you can throw anybody in there and be a manager and they'll at least be decent. Yeah. So, like to me, it's just more concerning that this guy may be surrounding himself with yes men who when the time does come where you're gonna have to be progressive and you're gonna have to be a little more innovative in a situation um, that you've may you know that he may have not have seen in the last ten years because he hasn't been a manager. He's not gonna listen. So, like, and I, I don't know many White Sox fans, but just from going on, you know, Reddit forums and stuff, White Sox fans are pissed because they're like, yeah. we know this move was just to kind of, um, to help out. wow what was the owner's name again? The he was the Bulls owners too. Uh,
0: Jerry Reinsdorf.
1: Yeah, Jerry Reinsdorf. He's just pretty much trying to right us wrongs. He did for firing him forty or like 35, 40 years ago. Yeah, and it's just like. He's showing like he, there is probably some parts he still does great, but the things he does bad are terrible. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I, I, all, uh, all devil's advocate. He plays in the American League, so maybe he doesn't necessarily know those rules. But again, your job is to know the rules of baseball. Like, I don't and and use them to your advantage in order to win. So like, there's just no excuse for this. It's just fucking stupidity and and laziness. And if
1: you don't want to learn the rules, that's great. Make the people below you learn them. So when yeah. things like this do happen, yeah. they can step up and tell you. That's what a good leader does. Like, yo, like, I don't have time unfortunately to kind of learn these little nuances of it, but you got to do it. We've all Have you watched Ted Lasso yet?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Nate the Great. What made Nate the Great <laughs> so good? He saw the little things. Yeah. He saw the little things and he was and Ted was open to the feedback, man. Yeah. Ted Lasso was like, "Yo, Nate, oh, uh, what place should we run here? You know more than I do because you know this team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's- Maybe I think Tony LaRusso needs to watch Ted Lasso and he'll figure some shit out there.
0: It, I mean, you, you nailed it on the head with, like, the 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 you know the coaches underneath him. Like, when, when he said, like, okay, Liam, you have to go to second. You have to be our base runner. No one, like, looked around and, like, was like, wait, this isn't right. Like, no one thought that? No one thought that. Like, uh, I don't I – mean, and there's – so how many games are we into the season? We're almost 30 games in the season. So there's 90 games of evidence of this to where like no one was like, no one heard of a case like in the past 90 games um, with this rule about like, oh, it, that's weird. Cause I don't remember uh, a pitcher spot last year having to be a runner on second. I don't know. It's just fucking stupid. We can move on. It's just, you know, it's, a, we, <sighs> you have to have our annual boomer sh- shit on boomer session. And that was it today. Yeah, um,
1: he. Yeah, long story short, this guy just needs to have people comfortable enough around him to be like, "Yo, you're wrong,"
0: or just intelligent, intelligent enough. He clearly like maybe he just has like incompetent people. All right, let's go on to A's news. Um, we're gonna talk about most of the A's um, stuff, like the ups and downs recently, and um, after the break, but um, a few minor details. Um, Jesus Cesardo broke his pinky. He is on the. 10-day injured list. Um, he was playing video games. Um, no one really knows exactly what happened. He didn't really want to get into it, kind of avoided it. He didn't even say what game he was playing, but it sounds like he's nailed his hand on his desk while he was playing games. He's an avid video gamer. Everybody knows that. Um, he was in the uh, MLB The Show tournament um, back during quarantine. Um, I just am going to assume that he was playing Call of Duty, got pissed off, and he just, like fucking hit his hand on, on the desk. I don't know. But you I mean, a major, you, like, pitcher. You should probably be more conscious of that.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, you don't get pissed when, like, Tom Nook doesn't give you more bells in Animal Crossing, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. that's yeah, yeah, he was definitely yeah. playing. But I will say, as somebody who's already put 40 hours into the show this year, I get that frustration, but you gotta be better that and, and i think that's something we got to give him credit for
0: yeah
1: is um he did give a post game conference or he did like a pre-game conference yesterday a couple days ago where he's like look I, I i i will own this mistake i was i was really responsible um you know i i kind of got my emotions at like the best i don't think he said emotions at like the best out of me but he's pretty much aware he's like this was really stupid of me yeah and he seemed pretty pissed he Seemed pretty pissed and he he he, he sounded really disappointed. Mm-hmm. And you have to keep in mind look at the end of the day, this guy's and we talked about this on our Twitter account. The guy's 23. Yeah, when you're in your early 20s, you do dumb shit. Um, especially more so for guys than anything, you just find your way to do dumb shit. Yeah, um, whether that's going to be you know, getting too drunk and doing something stupid, like I don't know, jumping off a roof or. Something, I don't know. I can't think anything like that. I,
0: I, I, I shared mine where I climbed... I uh, When I was about 22, I really wanted to see the sunset. Uh, my buddy Drew has a, had a house on the American River and I really wanted to drunkenly watch the sunset on the roof, so I climbed the side of his house which could have been very stupid. I probably could would not be walking to this day if I had I fallen, but I did it because I was young and I was intoxicated and I didn't give a shit. Um,
1: yeah, exactly. So we, we all do stupid stuff. So, um, He sounds like he's aware of the issue. I'm sure that I think the great thing about this team right now is we have a lot of veterans who are going to kind of walk him through this and talk through to him through this process. Mm-hmm. And um, I think he's going to come back stronger. The guy is way too talented. We have to be aware, too. He really hasn't had a full major league season. So if you think about it in terms of the starts he's had last season – and the shortened season, and then as well as appearances at the end of 2019, he hasn't even had a full MLB season, and we already have such high expectations on him. And sometimes you just gotta let the kids be kids, you know what I mean?
0: I mean, this is just a broken pinky. Like, like we're talking about this a little bit, like it's a like it's Tommy John. It's not like he'll no, back, it's he'll not. Be fine. I think
1: just there's some people raising maturity issues, and um, they yeah, should. Yeah, he's
0: 23. He should be immature. Like nobody he, likes
1: you when you're 23.
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly blink And had it, yeah.
1: Um, and 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 uh, there were some people who were like, for me, I'll be honest, I w- I was curious about what game was it. Yeah, Not there, because there, there was like,
0: jokes going around on Twitter, like people trying to guess what game it was. And uh, yeah. I forgot who it was. I think it was Alex Espinoza of NBC Sports. Um, and Ricky Henderson blogs was saying like, uh, he knows that uh, Olson, Chappie, and Pinder are big Call of Duty people, so maybe um, he's a Call of Duty guy and plays with them. Um, he's also known as a big the show player and a 2k guy so maybe it was one of those games
1: yeah and um it, it, it's not more so like oh of course you got mad playing that because that's not what it's about for me it was more of like the connection i yeah. like okay what games are you playing because oh shit like that's cool he also plays blah 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 or whatever yeah. game the odds are though, we're probably not playing the same kind of shit yeah
0: um, last piece of um A's news that is not gonna be discussed um in the latter half of the episode. Um the minor league started, which is really cool. Um uh I think uh the um Ports and the Um Rockhounds have had two games. Um the Aviators um opened their season yesterday. And our number one prospect, Tyler Soderstorm, who we picked in the draft I forgot what college he went to. Uh two years ago he did it a... out of high school oh what what am... oh, wow, I'm totally <laughs> blanking i I don't know well, I don't know why I thought that that's right a j puck was out of college. Every other guy we've gotten since then has been out of high school anyway, Tyler Storm out of high school, great prospect um catcher slash first baseman. we'll see where he goes um, what he plays um, he had a double for his first at bat, so that's pretty cool, so congrats to him um, yeah. Minor leagues. It's bad. Yeah, I,
1: I think we're, one thing we should probably start doing a little bit better now that we actually have a minor league season going. We didn't have it when we first started the spot. I think it'd be down. I'm down if you're down. A little two minute blurb like, hey, minor league news. You're somebody you should check out. Hey, look, this person did it. We're going to leave for Tyler Soderstrom. Like Chris said, he was the first round overall pick or the first round pick of the A's back in
0: 2019. Yeah. Um, oh, I. No, 2020. 2020, yes uh we're kind of controversial not. when we picked him because he was a catcher but what people didn't know was that he wasn't like a formed product yet he played catcher in high school but he's also really athletic can play outfield and can play first base so he can we'll see where he plays
1: yeah and um and that's and like chris already, you already brought it up you just said it but um just because you're drafted at a position doesn't mean you're going to be playing there yeah bryce harper bryce harper was drafted as a catcher and it goes so uh tree is it too early to get excited? Yes.
0: Yeah, yes. yes, yes, but it's still pretty cool. Um, no, actually, that's a good idea because our this is our first podcast season where we have minor leagues. So, um, and me and Julio always try to stay up on it. We we read MLB.com's notes, and I I'm a big um, follower of Keith Law, and Keith Law is really big on the minor leagues. Um, Melissa um, Lockhart is a big minor league uh, person who covers the league and the minors in general. So, yeah, maybe we'll give some updates. Um, and we, me and Julio have been talking about for a while going to Vegas to go to uh, an Aviators game. So we'll do a live podcast from there one, one day.
1: Also, rent to uh, Rancho Cucamonga. Only about 40 sure. minutes
0: away from us. Go catch a game over there. Or Lancaster as well. Um, all right. So we are going to take our break now. And we'll come back and do a review of the first month of the team and see how we feel about it. Um, so stick around and we will be right all right welcome back um to the town tailgate podcast um so uh this will be a shorter segment this week but um because nothing too much has happened the ace have More or less been dancing around 500 the past week. They had some pretty big wins, and they had some pretty shitty losses. Like, yes, the one I opened the podcast with on Lou Trevino's loss yesterday, and then today was just God. I mean, it was just, like, opened the floodgates. It was insane. Um, So we're going to just do a little uh, first-month review, Julio. Um, What are your main team takeaways so far in the first month of the season? Wow. Uh, my biggest takeaway,
1: and it's been something that I've been harping on for uh, a while now, is the bottom, of, like something's got to be done about that bottom of the lineup. Um, and it's at the point where it's like, I don't know if these guys can turn it around because we've kind of seen the performance out of the, we've seen what Kemp can do. We've seen what Garcia. Don't get and- me started on Kemp that fucking
0: throw he made today warned me to
1: we've seen what they can do
0: throw something at my wall
1: and it's getting to the point now where their faults like the one through one through five solid Mm -hmm. solid as shit i think you know canna has been excellent leadoff hole for most of the season um ramon hitting two and then you're going jed the mats murph Fantastic, And then like Piscotty and the six or seven hole. Great. It's just like the bottom of the lineup where your nine hole hitter is more or less your second leadoff hitter. And Elvis Andrews hasn't lived up to that. And I think that's something they, if they really want to be great contenders, they got to fill that spot up. All that being said, uh, they've looked awesome. They've looked really good. Started really slow, incredibly historically slow. Um, But I think overall, you can't really be mad at where this team's at right now, you know? Um, the the rotation's been consistent for most of the part. Um has been excellent in the first month. Passett's starting to turn things around. Um Frankies is hit or miss, we'll see. Um and then the bullpen the the main guys in the bullpen have been elite for most of the year with outside of Trevino's, you know, blow up yesterday. Petit He's had a
0: rough gr- outing today, but yeah. Wait, did PT get in yesterday today yeah
1: he didn't okay uh but, yeah, but he, besides he, that
0: he was the one who earned the three runs on the on the the like hanging um slider that that uh that Sergio hit or Sergio throw through and then um like scored the it. three runs I think he earned all those runs because he put those guys on
1: but yeah they're they're i think it they're really playing their identity, which is defense defense has been excellent bombs they're currently or lead the american yeah. league in home runs and then bullpen the bullpen's have been pretty their main bullpen guide has been pretty great there's always some place that we can improve um I, i've really liked what martin gallego said when he was launched a couple weeks ago with dudes like romo and choleric they're veterans just give them their time they'll figure it out especially after romo starts today so many people are calling for his head you've got to give him a little bit more of a leash man like this is some guy who's been to Been in really big moments. He's closed out a World Series. Give him his leash. But overall, as the team, um, you got to be happy where they're at right now. Especially historically, they've been slow starters in April.
0: Well, and and they've had some injuries in the bullpen. Like that's kind of also a a a big issue when Delkin and I'm totally blanking on the other guy the past week.
1: Um... And then also, you know, Trevor Rosenthal wasn't there. Yeah. Yeah not having Trevor uh, Rosenthal's help hasn't helped.
0: Yeah, and they definitely were like relying on him to be uh uh to be the closer and shit like that. So they kind of had to pivot a little bit and they've kind of made it work so far except for yesterday. Um, but you know, um it is what it is. It might just be a small hiccup for Trevino. We'll see. Um yeah, I mean I I I I agree for the most part. Um it it you know, when we were talking about the Dodgers earlier in this episode it it definitely made me kinda like um realize what you were saying about how important depth is, especially on a championship team. And that's something that we need desperately. Like the like I was like I said in response to what you're talking about Kemp earlier. Like that throw that he made today, like if that goes into the dugout, like that's an additional run. So that's a four that's a four run um at-bat right there that doesn't need to be that because he just made a really shit throw. Like, it's just, like, he makes mistakes like that on top of him not hitting that just drive me fucking insane. And the reason why he's playing so much is because Chad Pinder is hurt. But, like, we can't just rely on one guy for depth in the infield. Like, it's just – that's something 1,000% that they need to address at the trade deadline. They need to get more depth in the infield because this is brutal and – and guys need rest. And that's probably a big reason why the guys are getting hurt because they're playing so much because they, you, Bob Melvin doesn't trust any of the, the depth in there. And, and seven through nine, yeah, it's, it's you know, Elvis needs really needs to start hitting better. Um, his defense and his leadership is important, but, like, that's something that's really frustrating. Um, I You know, I can go down the list all fucking day. You know, we're seeing a turnaround from Mitch Moreland, which is great. Um but the top of the lineup, more or less, has been reliable. But this is something I want to bring up to you. Recently, um, the top of the lineup has been struggling. Matt Olsen, for example, is hitting two twenty two in his last seven games. Um, he only has six hits, one home run, and eight strikeouts. So basically, ever since he got knocked in the face, um, he's had that's some issues what, with hitting.
1: Yeah, that's what happens when you get hit in the eye with the baseball. Sometimes you're... You, you lose some stamina there, man. Yeah,
0: but before that, you know, Jed was struggling. He had like a three-game like run where he was kind of struggling a little bit. Um, he's definitely picked that up this past week, so he's he he's kind of back to Mister Consistent. Um, but Ramon, you know, he had his classic Ramon um, uh, slump, and then he's back on fire again. So Ramon was another guy who I wanted to bring up some stats. He's hitting 400 in the last seven games. 400 dude it's yeah it's i i was looking at these splits it's wild um four home runs 10 hits uh six runs brought in i mean the guy has just been killing it um and then um to go back downward again uh Marcana has not been hitting very well lately so he's been getting on base he's been walking but he's hitting 220 average so the inconsistency, that's baseball man the inconsistency is a little it's kind of driving me a little bit nuts um, I, I I really think that it's just like we're we're just we're in a bad division. I think that we're just kind of benefiting from that, to be honest with you. Yeah, if we were in the central, yeah. I don't know if we'd have the same record.
1: I don't, Well, let's see. Who? Okay, what division? Like the I think the only team we've seen in, from our division so far in this season has been Houston. We haven't even. That's the thing too. We've seen. We've this sched sk- this first month's schedule's been pretty ridiculous. There's been the we've seen the Rays, we've seen the Dodgers, we've seen the Astros twice. That's a good point, actually. Um uh, Arizona's looking like a pretty legit team. We had Toronto. We've had uh Baltimore is looking better than I think a lot of people expected. It's been a pretty tough schedule, so like we haven't got to, to play Texas yet, who have been pretty terrible. I guess
0: um, maybe I'm comparing them just to the, to the records and stuff like that amongst the division. Which and is like, nice.
1: say what you, you know, say what you want about the Angels—they've definitely floundered off, but like that offense is still pretty lethal. Yeah. Um, Seattle's playing a lot better than everybody is expecting them to. They're still in contention at this point in the season, um, even though we'll, they're probably going to fall off at some point. I think that's just baseball. The A's have never really been a, or at least in this last ten years, have never been a consistently high-hitting average team. And it's just kind of following along with the pattern of what we've seen before, Uh, which, well, you know, we'll we'll see. I think if somebody really breaks out and really takes over, that'll really be the difference maker in all this. If somebody can really hit like, oh, shit, this person's in 350 on 330, that's great. That's really what's going to push us over. We'll see who that takes.
0: I. I just realized that I did an overview and I didn't talk about my takeaways, but uh, I just wanted to do a very <laughs> elongated overview. My takeaways are Matt Olson has MVP potential, which we saw. Um, uh I and Cole Irvin are studs, um, and they're kind of holding the rotation together right now. Um, Bassett's starting to come along a little bit, but the rest of the guys have more or less struggled. Um, and uh, we need more depth. That's that's the takeaways. Infield depth, specifically. Outfield depth were actually pretty good. Infield depth. Yeah. Especially and after watching... Pinder is so important. It just yeah. proved how important Pinder is.
1: Especially after watching the series against the Rays, we're just seeing how many guys they were able to throw out there. It's like, yeah, yeah these aren't everyday guys. These aren't guys who are ever going to be everyday players, but they're going to be pretty damn good at what they do. So, yeah. coming off the bench and pivotal times. Now, you probably highlighted already. You may have said it already. Uh first month MVP, who do you got?
0: It's definitely Matt Olson. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. Uh, had Ramon not had his slump, it would probably be Ramon, but it's uh, um, it's it's Matt Olson. The guy yeah, is I, the guy is an MVP candidate now. Um uh, and he probably will be all season. Yeah,
1: I I can't argue with that. That's my that was who I was gonna say too. Um, or Mania. Or Mania. And I don't know if you saw this on Twitter when I posted on our show to account was He's probably top three first baseman, if not the first best first baseman in the American League right now. There's not many people you can confidently put above him right now in terms of both sides of the ball who are just as important on offense no, yeah. as they're on defense. I
0: think, I think that's important, 1,000%. Both sides of the ball, absolutely. You can't just say, like, offensively and defensively. No. um, Yeah. Hmm. Yankees, oh. Luke Voigt, no. No. Jose Abreu, No.
1: Uh, he's not a great like great hitter, fantastic hitter, but um not a great yeah. defensive first Dude,
0: baseman. I don't I can't think of any anyone else. Um in the entire league, um Freddie Freeman one hundred percent is better. Um would you put Goldschmidt over Olsen? I don't think I would. Uh I would. You would? I, I, I would just I don't think I would
1: for the um, you know, the reputation of him. Yeah, but I, I thought I saw I. I remember posting a Brandon tweet. Belt
0: psych. Um, I
1: remember posting a tweet about like, who is a better first baseman right now than oh at least the American League than Ollie and, it, I really can't think of anybody. Maybe I'm trying,
0: to, it, I'm trying to think of people who are like kind of on a similar level. Jose Abreu is around there and like Vlad Guerrero Jr. is around there. Yeah,
1: those are probably like Vlad Guerrero Jr. We'll see for like the sustainability, but like it, he's insane this first month.
0: Yeah. who's Jared Walsh. Baseman? Yeah, that's a good one.
1: All right. We can talk all day about this. Um, yeah. Well, well, yeah, think about it, but, but he's up there. I think he should be the starting first baseman for the American League. It's probably going to me, be Vladi, because it's the name, but he should be the starting first baseman. Yeah. Who has been your biggest surprise this season?
0: Cole over Cole Irvin, your boy, your it's boy Cole Irvin, Irvin, baby. It's it's not even a question. Like that guy, I I tweeted about this um, yesterday after or not yesterday, two days ago after a start. Like uh, kudos to to Billy Bean and David Force. They dri- They've been driving us crazy for ten years. Um, but kudos to them because they constantly, constantly find these hidden gems around the league. That it's just like, uh, literally, it's what they say, moneyball. An island of misfit toys. Other teams don't see, don't value them, and we find the value and we bring them in. We work specifically on the things that they do well. And one thing that Cole Irvin needed help with was his mechanics. He talked about this in the uh, post game, um, uh, after a start two days ago, and. Sean Murphy is like a robot, apparently. I know you know someone who's friends with him, and he said that that's who he – like, baseball is his life. He doesn't really have many hobbies. He doesn't really have, you know, much going on outside. Like, he focuses really hard on that, and he really wants to be good at that. And, like, that, he's just determined, almost like that Jordan mentality. Um, and he knows pitching really well. Um, and he noticed some things in camp about Cole Irvin's mechanics. For example – um, him, his inside, his pitching inside the zone, um, he noticed that he was a lot more accurate when he would pitch on a certain side of the rubber. So he kind of like focused on pitching certain side of the rubber and also, um, hiding his shoulder a little bit, um, so that he could fool the hitter, um, and hide the ball like just for like a half a second longer. So he bends his shoulder in a little bit when he, when he's, um, when he's pitching from the stretch. And it's just like, dude, like that just one shows how valuable Sean Murphy is and with everything that he does, but um, how they were able to find that he had these little minute issues with his mechanics. And if they were able to fix them, he could be a successful pitcher and it's working.
1: Absolutely. And there were some, when the trade first went down, I think like in December, we did talk about it when we were doing the bi weekly pods. And um, it, his minor league numbers looked like it. Uh, Phillies had a problem. Over the last five six years, when it comes to like developing pitchers who aren't Aaron Nola, where it's Philly's a off a, a hitters friendly park, so the times he did get up there, it really didn't go too well. Mm. And that's all that honestly. That's all it takes. We've this has happened to us the last few years with dudes like Max Muncie left, and really f- were able to flourish and people are help them find their mechanics. So who knows? Maybe this is us just finally catch their break. And yeah. I think we're both in the same boat where the more lefties are better. Why not just keep stacking lefties? So if you can bring in three lefties in your rotation, that's awesome. Uh, but for me, man, i am you were on board with this for a while. You have a hot take in the spring training, and I was going to see where we're at, but I'm glad you're right. I'm going go with my dude, just eats doubles, Jed Lowry. Jed has greatest second baseman in, in A's history. Don't at me. We've talked about this before, we'll talk later. Um yeah, he's just been fantastic, man. He's been everything we've kind of he's been more than what we expected. For somebody who hasn't played in two years, for somebody who um, you know, he's 37 years old, his career is definitely way past where it's given. But he's still hitting. He's still hitting the crap out of ball, he's still the devil's machine he has been. He's playing consistent defense at second. He's not Elite really doing Yeah, defense. he's not Elite doing
0: defense.
1: Yeah, he's not doing anything like jaw dropping. I think there's not many second basemen who can be a jaw-dropping second baseman anymore defensively. But he's
0: but like he's Mr. Consistency. Yeah, he's on both consistent the ball.
1: Absolutely. And like, yeah, he hits a stride, but guess what? The guy will still hit you two seventy. He's still driving some RBIs. He's been able to hit in the two hole. He's been able to hit in the six hole, the seven hole. Um, and I think he's somebody that this while we are missing the offensive capabilities of Marcus and and Elvis, obviously hasn't filled it in for that void at shortstop. Jed has helped alleviate that. We haven't had this productivity uh, these last few years in 2019 and 2020 at second base. Be ever since he left. So having him back there really huge game changer. Um, and it just makes you wonder, like God, if they just could have made a deal for Marcus who. Um, he he ended up having a pretty decent series at the end of it all. Uh, I know Bassett got him a few times yesterday. Um, and if, it makes you think what, what you could have wondered, if if Marcus could have been the sign-up with Jed hitting like this.
0: Had they paid him and not Rosenthal? <sighs> either way, it was going to be a deferred contract, which is not what they are going to do.
1: Yeah, either way, but- um, Jed's been awesome. I love it. I'm glad he's back. He's been a fan favorite forever, really. So I'm glad he's really picking up where
0: he's... How he's been hitting, and yeah, and like, I, well, let me ask you this question: Would you rather have Jed, Prime Jed, or um, Tommy, Tommy Lastello again? Oh, Prime Jed, easily. Yeah, yeah, same, same. I, the thing, I think if you would have if you would have asked me even at the end of last year, I still would probably said Prime Jed. Like no, he uh, just like he just he just matters. He just means so much to to this generation of Oakland A's and Oakland A's fans, you know, like Tommy's never, that he's done.
1: Tommy never is going to be an all-star. Like he was awesome for us last year. And I've yeah. been like, I've been a fan of his when he was at the angel all those years, but he was, he's never going to be that guy. And Jed, you know, Jed can hit for power when he needs to. Um, he's so great. at just, his placement when he's hitting as well. Fantastic. And the main
0: thing is he's reliable. You can trust him. You can trust him on defense. He's always going to be a Gold Glove finalist, more or less. Um, he, you can trust him on offense. He's always going to get the big hits when you need him. He's always going to get hits um, to like kind of start off a, a run. He's always going to hit around like high two two nineties or two eighties two nineties. Um, he's never going to have really slump. He just, it, you know, he's just Mr. Consistency, and it's great. Uh, um, yeah. Do you yep. have any other, any, any other points you want to make on no. the review?
1: I'm just glad he's there. But I think the last thing we got to talk about is, uh, well, this was originally gonna be like the biggest disappointment, but I changed the title to get it together. You're going to get pool holst. So I'll go ahead and lead this off. And I think we're probably gonna be in the same boat. It's Elvis Andrews. Um, now we know he, he didn't have a great year last year. We know he's had to adjust to the new environment and he's not in Texas anymore. Uh, we just didn't expect him to be this bad, and it's if we're gonna be legitimate contenders, and I really do think this this team with this top of the road, this top of the lineup, this pen, and this consistency across the built the starters, albeit I think we do need like one more dog for the starters um they're, I think they're they could be there for the American League, but it's like we can't if this guy's gonna be playing the way he has been playing
0: i uh, yeah. That he's the only one. There's no other. There's no other candidate for this award. For this award conversation, whatever you want to do it. Like we can and, say what and, we
1: want about um, about Tony Kemp, but the thing is, he doesn't play enough. He does, He's not yeah. an everyday guy. Uh, Elvis has played in 30 games this year, and he's hitting uh, 1 149. Like that's not acceptable, man. You gotta. Yeah. You gotta pick. And like, and look, if you were traded from Texas. And then you went to Milwaukee, or you went to like Florida or Miami. I get that new, new, completely new area. You've probably played there a handful of times in your life. You've been playing in Oakland. You've played in Oakland dozens and dozens of times. You know how things work out there. Dozens him, of times
0: a year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So
1: it's just him not adjusting at this point. It's 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 very concerning because. Mm. We've you've talked about it. We've talked about it a lot. Um, we need that middle infield depth, and he's not looking like the guy right now.
0: It's funny. So after this trade, if you would have asked me, which is your bigger concern, the second base situation, or 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 the shortstop situation, I would have told you like that's the stupid question. It's second base because we don't have a second baseman yet. Like we don't know who it's gonna be. Um, we'd signed Jed to the minor league deal, but we don't know if he, if it's going to work out or or not. Um, Elvis Andrews has always been consistently above average for Texas. So it's going to be that. And it's just like, uh, it's just such a dramatic flip of roles because like literally for like the last, you know, since 2015, when, when Marcus came, we knew Marcus was the shortstop. There was, we knew, you know, we consistent confidence there. And the second baseman situation has been a revolving door trying to testing out these different guys and we don't know what's happening and now it's like the other way around uh, yeah it's just yeah i don't know i mean yeah if they want to contend they're gonna to have to make a deal to deadline if he doesn't turn around yeah
1: because people are gonna you know people are gonna rag on romo well guess what you don't have to play him unfortunately yeah. you have to play Andrews every day we don't have any other better options at short at the moment
0: who i'm trying to look at like teams that are in last place that would make a trade. I mean Trevor Story is out there.
1: We'll get there when we get there, because I have other pipe dreams when it fair comes
0: right. to we'll get we'll we'll do
1: our, our pipe dream. Fair enough.
0: Fair fair enough. Fair, yeah. Enough, fair
1: yeah. enough. Yeah. I think over well, I think overall, um this team looks really good.
0: Yeah. Like yeah. the I'm, faults that they're at. I'm they're confident not- as, as much as this team is an emotional roller coaster for me and how up and down I am, that's just be that's my personality more than it is to the team. Yeah. 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 yeah um cool man um so let's uh let's move on let's do um let's the finishing uh i don't i'm finishing totally... touches
1: the icing all the cake of every episode we're gonna talk about what? our player of the week
0: yeah no i was looking for the phrase that, like something about like cleaning up like let's sweep let's sweep up the the end of the rug i don't know it doesn't matter all right yeah uh, the upcoming schedule, um, this weekend uh, we are heading to uh, – No, we're Ohio. in Tampa's Tampa. We're us. in That's Tampa. That's right. Yes, we, yeah, have yeah. A home, we have a home stand. Tampa's coming our way, so another interesting series. And then we go to Boston. Big series. Two first place teams in the American League go head-to-head. Cannot wait for that one. Um, that is Tuesday through Thursday of next week. Um, so big, two big series in a row where we really have to prove ourselves. We have to at least split both of them um, well, we can't split the Tampa one because it's a three-game series, but you get what I'm saying. Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah. This
1: is really this is probably we. It seems like every, this. First off, this month's this first month and a half schedule has been insane. These first yeah. two months are insane. If you look at the rest of May, the A's schedule is just not fun at all. Um, and which is kind of look. Obviously, pick and choose your battles, but like the A's first get month schedule was also not great. So it's just like, and then now you're just gonna go. I'm, as you can see, I'm like deliberating or like uh, procrastinating here. Here's the A. Yeah. Rest Red the Sox.
0: the Red Sox, it's the Twins, and then it's the Astros, and it's the Angels, and then it's the Mariners. And the Mariners are a good team this year. And They're the Angels again. Place.
1: So like, yeah. Right? Can we catch the break, man?
0: <laughs> in June, it calms down a little bit. The Royals, who are actually no, who are a, good. A good, team. good. Yeah. Rockies. <laughs> uh Rockies, Yankees, Giants. Yeah, it doesn't I really see two series until, we it doesn't lighten up until after the All-Star break and then it gets a little bit easier except for like the Padres. But,
1: I yeah. see two series we should easily sweep with the Rockies and the Rangers, but yeah. Or uh, or the Rangers, no, the Diamondbacks, yeah. the Diamondbacks have the Diamondbacks have actually been pretty decent lately. Um Yeah. yeah. Fun times. And, and you know what? This is what you want. You want to be the best. You gotta be the best. So, yeah. Uh, all right. Who's your player of the week? You know what we already talked about. I'm gonna give it to my dude, my fantasy baseball pickup, Mister Swervin Irvin Cole Irvin. Uh, he pitched an eight game or eight inning, a one run ball against the Toronto Blue Jays. The only run came from Marcus friend Marcus Simeon. Uh, he's and over those last few games as well, he's really been on a tear. Um, during his uh, – he, when he pitched against Tampa, he went six innings. He gave up two runs. He did get the loss, but besides the point. Um, against Baltimore, he went 5.1 innings. He gave up one run. And he's looked like he's really clicking. And I think that's something – it's weird. We've talked about this all season long so far. It's those middle rotation, back of rotation guys who have been really clicking. It's more so the top two guys. Bassett's starting to click again um and then Jesus that's good all...
0: that's a good problem you want to have because yeah. the latter it's unsolvable where but this that situation you know all the talents at the front so they're gonna figure it out about yeah man
1: keep it going so cole Irvin, swervin Irvin, keep it up man we love it nice
0: who you got um mine is uh laser ramon as i said earlier <laughs> in this podcast f- batting 400 in his last seven games um four home runs and 10 hits six um um, runs bad at home he is on another classic tear i just hope that it the um hot streak goes for a little bit longer this time um before he does his eventual slump because we know how he is he's up and down he's up and down but he's doing it on both sides like of the way those man. catches he made yesterday in the outfield how much ground or Yesterday and the day before that, how much ground this dude covers out in center field is fucking apeshit. Like, he's just so fast and so, and he just, he, he just reads the ball so well off the bat. Um, it's amazing. Him, him, and Canna are just like, they just, they're, they just, they're so good defensively and they just cover so much ground. Like, how, yeah, it's great. He's, uh, he's my player of the week. So, uh, keep it up, uh, Ramon. All right. The ETT, central tailgate tool of the week. Who's yours? Before oh, we're we gonna talk about last week. So yeah. 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 Uh, you fucked up, Julio. No, I didn't. Your in last the... week was. Hit, oh, oh, that. Order. Oh,
1: in that sense. Yeah. All I wrote was. Hazel what you was what did thought, you think I was talking about? I no, my bad. I thought you meant like the order of the. Oh no!
0: I just mean you fucked up on your pick. Like you picked Hazel yeah. Cesaro. but you didn't know that he was gonna break his finger. Yeah.
1: I thought he was gonna have his bounce back against Baltimore, but then Baltimore is actually like a decent team.
0: Yeah. yeah, so that's
1: all I'm gonna say. But hey, you know what, man? Let's leave some. Uh Chris, you look good though. You went with Murph. Yeah, he went five yeah. for twenty, hit two fifty, home run, three RBIs. Uh, he got on base. He had three walks. Got hit two times. The strikeouts are a little bit high, but you know what? That's just the Oakland A's baseball. If you're not striking out, you're not you're not doing well.
0: But I want to give myself extra kudos for what he's done behind the plate with the pitchers, absolutely. And the success that he's helped create with Cole Irvin and stuff like that. So I would say that's a good pick. Um, but the reason why I picked him was because I was worried that Matt Olson would be out for a little bit and he would have to take over the four hole, which he actually had a couple of good games in that four hole that he played pretty well. But um, uh, yeah, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, cool. Who's your Who's yours this week?
1: We're going to Boston. We're gonna see the monster, and I'm expecting some righties to really hit some bad boys off of the monster. So I'm gonna go. Stephen Piscotti, is my tailgate tool of the week. Interesting. Uh, he's been kind of, uh, I wouldn't say the most consistent guy in the world because, like, there's no such thing as consistency in this lineup. Um, but he's been kind of a bright spot. He's actually set the record. We didn't really talk about this. We should really highlight this. Highlight this while we can. He actually set the Oakland A's record for the most consecutive games played in the outfield without an error. So consistency on defensive end really goes to the motto of the team.
0: He plays um, right field, but yeah.
1: Yeah, but t- t-
0: you know. yeah, it, Major League Baseball. You guys guys can hit all over the field. That's good. Yeah, thing.
1: exactly. Um, and of course, we all remember uh, one of the kind of one of the highlights of the last few years is when he first came back from. Leave when his mother had passed away. Uh, He hit a home run in his very first at bat in Boston. So I think Mm -hmm. there's he's going to be some fillings there. I think he's he is should be one of the most consistent in terms of like what you expect out of them guys. And that's my guy this week, Nice. Show us that new dad strength.
0: Uh, mine is going to be Ramon Laureano, my player of the week, because with the weird little slump that uh that uh, Olsen's got going because of his black eye um and um the uh inconsistency um batting wise of uh hitting wise contact hitting wise of Marcana not walking but yeah um we really need to ride Ramon to keep Putting runs on the board like he's been doing the past couple games, um so he's just like, especially with the rest of the lineup, the the bottom half of the lineup not hitting so well. So we're getting hits from all different places of the lineup, typically with two strikes or two outs. um So it's you know he's got to keep hitting the ball at the park, and he's got to keep bringing in runs even when we only have one guy on. Like it's just he's got to he's got to keep doing it. He's just got to keep doing it. We need. To, we, a lot of weight on his shoulders this coming week, especially with these big teams in town. So that's my guy.
1: You're, you're double dipping, man. He was your Player of the Week, and he's your essential tool.
0: Classic double dip, classic. Pew, pew.
1: All right. Well, I think that's all we have this week, right, Chris?
0: Yeah, that's it. That's gonna that's gonna finish it up. We'll be back next week, regular scheduled time. Um, hopefully we'll see. Uh, I'm just kidding. Uh, we uh we I got vaccinated this week, and and uh so that that delayed us a day, but.
1: Coming soon to a ballpark near you, Julio and Chris. Probably oh, not in Oakland anytime soon because we live down
0: here, but we'll definitely be at the Angels A-Series. And maybe Rancho Cucamonga, it sounds like. We were talking about going to a game during the break. So, uh, oh, yeah. That'll be, that'll be interesting. Uh, that's going to do it for this week's episode. Um, thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to all of our stuff. Um, and, again, if you want to see our faces, you can go see them on YouTube. Um, they're pretty good looking, just saying. <clears throat> katie woo my future wife just kidding no, no, um no. <laughs> um and uh yeah subscribe to and uh follow us on twitter uh we like to get like uh especially lately we've been really um interacting with ace fans and it's been like fun like conversing with them and keeping that conversation going so we want to do that with with all of you um last but not least julio
1: let's go oakland <laughs>
0: Town Tailgate is an independently produced podcast. It is written and executive produced by this guy, Chris Madrigal, <laughs> and my partner in crime, Julio Reynoso. It is sound mixed and edited by yours truly. Social media management and marketing is run by, once again, my partner, Julio Renoso. And a special thanks and shout out to my brother, Larry Madrigal, for composing and producing our theme song, as well as graphic designing our album cover and artwork. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Please tune in next week. Please subscribe. And last but not least, as we always say, let's go Oakland.